Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 9 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. When and how long fasts are to be observed. Public fasts are to be kept as often as authority shall see cause. Private, as often as a man shall have more than ordinary cause of seeking unto God, either for others or himself. Second Samuel 12.16, Nehemiah 1.4 For removing or preventing imminent judgments from the church and commonwealth, or for procuring their necessary good, Daniel 9, 3, for subduing some headstrong lust, for obtaining some necessary grace or special blessing, Acts 10, 30, for preparing himself for some special service of God or the like. Though I cannot but justly complain of Christians seldom fasting, yet I dare not allow you to make this extraordinary exercise of religion to be ordinary and common, for then it will soon degenerate into mere form or superstition. But wish you to observe it as you shall have special occasion, and when ordinary seeking of God is not likely to prevail. It is indifferent which of the six days you set apart for fasting. Let it be as shall best suit with your occasions. As for the Lord's day, though it cannot be denied, but that if the present necessity require, you may fast upon that day, neither can I utterly deny servants and such as are under the power of others, if they have no other time, sometimes to make choice of that day, yet because the Sabbath is a day of Christian cheerfulness and fasting is somewhat of the nature of a free will offering, I think you will do better to set such a day apart to yourself for fasting, which is more your own and not the Lord's day. The scripture has not determined how long a continued fast should be kept. We have examples that some have fasted a longer time as three days, Esther 4, 16, some a shorter, but none less than one day, Judges 20, 26. In hotter countries, they could, without injury to health, abstain from food longer than we can who live in a colder But I think the body cannot usually be sufficiently afflicted through want of food in less time than one day. Thus, I have approved, I have proved religious fasting to be a Christian duty and have showed what it is, who should and may fast, when and how long. It remains that I show you how you may keep a fast acceptable to God and profitable to yourself, which is the principal thing to be regarded in a fast. And this I do the rather because many 
well-affected Christians have professed that they would gladly set about the duty, but ingenuously confess that they do not know how to do it, and in particular, how to be intent and spiritually employed for want of matter for a whole day together. But of this in my next section. Section two, directions for the keeping a religious fast. By way of preparation to a religious fast, do thus. Take but a moderate supper the night before. For if a man glut himself overnight, he will be more unfit for the duty of humiliation the next day. And it differs in effect little from breaking of your fast next morning. When you commend yourself to God alone by prayer that night, as every good Christian doth, then set yourself in a special manner to seek the Lord as the saints of God in the beginning of their fasts have done. Second Chronicles 20, 3, Daniel 10, 12, proposing to yourself the end of your intended fast, remembering this, that if the chief occasion and end be your own private good, that you forget not others nor the public, or if it be the public, yet mind also your own private. For until you have renewed your own peace with God, your fasting and praying will prevail little for the public, and God, having joined the public with our private good in prayer, we must not disjoin them in our fasting. Resolve with yourself to the utmost of your power to keep a religious fast unto God according to his will. For this cause in your prayers, add serious petitions to God for his grace to assist you therein. When you awake that night, let not your thoughts be upon worldly business, much less upon any evil thing, but let them be holy, such as may tend to the assistance of the holy duties of the next day. Also, if necessity hinder not, arise early on the day of your fast. It is most agreeable to a day of fasting, whereon your flesh is to be subdued, that you allow not yourself so much sleep as at other times. It is probable that for this cause some lay on the ground, others in sackcloth in the nights of their fasts. Second Samuel twelve sixteen. Not only to express, but to assist their humiliation by keeping them from sleeping over much or over sweetly, Joel 1, 13. When the day is come, be strict in observing the outward fast to this end first. Forbear all meat and drink, Esther 4, 16, Luke 5, 33, until the set time of the fast be ended, which usually is about supper time. A general council in the primitive church decreed that Total abstinence should be observed until evening prayer was ended. In case of necessity, that is, when total abstinence will indeed disable you from attending to the chief duties of that day, you may eat or drink. 
For in such cases, God will have mercy rather than sacrifice, but then it must be a small refreshment, and that not of a dainty kind. Oply, such and so much as may remove the impediment to the spiritual performance of the duties of that day. Secondly, abstain from all other worldly delights as, so far as will stand with comeliness, from fine apparel. Exodus 33, 4, 5, and 6. From all recreations and pleasant music. Isaiah 58, 3. From the marriage bed and the like. 1 Corinthians 7, 5, Joel 2, 16. Thirdly, abstain from all worldly labor as upon a Sabbath day. Isaiah 58, 3. For worldly business and the cares thereof do distract the thoughts and hinder devotion as well as worldly delights. And a ceasing from these gives a full opportunity to holy employments the whole day. Therefore, the Jews were commanded to sanctify a fast, Joel 2, 26. And that yearly fast, called the Day of Atonement, Leviticus 23, 27 to 32, was, upon peril of their lives, to be kept by a forbearance of all manner of work. Now, although the ceremonials of that day are abolished in Christ, yet forbearing work, as well as meat and drink, being of the substance and morality of a fast, remains to be observed in all truly religious fasts. Thus much for the outward fast, you must be as strict in observing the inward. Begin the day with prayer, according as I directed you to do every day, but with more than ordinary preparation, with fervency and faith, praying for God's special grace to enable you to sanctify a fast that day according to the commandment. Then, Apply yourself to the main work of the day, which has these parts. Number one, unfeigned humiliation. Number two, reformation together with reconciliation. And number three, earnest invocation. The soul is then humbled, the heart broken and truly afflicted. When a man is become vile in his own eyes, through consciousness of his own unworthiness, and when his heart is full of grief and anguish, through fear of God's displeasure, and with godly sorrow and holy shame in himself and anger against himself for sin, these affections excited do much afflict the heart. This deep humiliation is to be wrought partly by awakening your conscience through a sight of the law, and apprehensions of God's just judgments due to you for the breach of it, which will break your heart, and partly by the gospel, raising your mind to an apprehension and admiration of the love of God to you in Christ, which will melt your heart and cause you the more kindly to grieve and to loathe yourself for sin and also to entertain hope 
of mercy. Whence will follow reconciliation, reformation, and holy calling upon God by prayer. To work this humiliation, there must be first examination to find out your sins. Secondly, an accusation of yourself with due aggravation of your sins. Thirdly, judging and passing sentence against yourself for sins. Sin is the transgression of the law and revealed will of God. Wherefore, for the better finding out of your sins, you must set before you God's holy law for your light and rule. Psalm 119, 105. And if you have not learned or cannot remember the heads of the manifold duties commanded or vices forbidden, then get some catalog or table wherein the same are set down to your hand, which you may read with serious consideration and self-inquiry, fixing your thoughts most upon those particular sins wherever you find yourself most guilty. If you do not meet with one more fit for your purpose, then use the following table. But expect not herein an enumeration of all particular sins and duties, which would require a volume, but of those which are principal and most common, by which, if your conscience be awakened, it will bring to your remembrance other sins and omissions of duty, not mentioned in the table, of which you may be guilty. The first table of the law concerns the duties of love and piety to God. The performance whereof tends immediately to the glory of God and immediately to the salvation and good of man. This concludes episode 9 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk. <laughs>